Okay, here we go. One, two, three, four. Welcome to Curious Creative Conversations, an interview series with various members of New York's artistic community exploring their point of view on their work and its impact. This episode's gonna work a little bit differently. Normally it's me, your host, Grace, everybody. And a prominent member of the entertainment world I've had the privilege to come into contact with or whose entrepreneurial pursuits inspire me. However, on recommendation of my illustrious sound engineer, Justin, today we're taking a dip into the perspective of those who maybe haven't hit it super big quite yet. The freelance community of musicians, actors, and artists that make up the backbone of this crazy city. So today in the man-made studios, we have three lovely young artists. And if you'd all like to introduce yourselves, where you're from, and your craft. Uh, my name is May Capozzi. I am from Wellesley, Massachusetts, and I am a musician. Hi, my name is Betsy Helmer. I am from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm an actor. Hi, my name is Dominique Brione. I'm from NorCal and SoCal. Go Warriors. And I'm an actor. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so just to get our feet wet, get the conversation started, I just kind of want to know, like what your beginnings were in each of your different pursuits. Like what is it that sparked your interest and how is this the artistic pursuit that you landed on and why or is this, you know, I woke up and out of the womb straight, I was a musician. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll start. Um, this is actually my favorite topic of conversation uh, because <laughs> when, I, when I was younger, I just really wanted to play the accordion. So I was like, music and art. <laughs> and I'm Italian, so I'm, that's stereotypical. Um, and so I just, I knew that's what I wanted. It was the dream. Um, and then as I got older, I, um, we had this upright Schoninger piano. I don't even know what brand that is. But I used to sit and play whatever I was made up and just stare at myself in this French door that we had at my house and just <laughs> and just imagine myself as this like concert pianist and then finally my parents were like oh, all right <laughs> and so that was kind of uh where I started wait so your parents rolled their eyes at you being a concert pianist well <laughs> no 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 but they they were i was like mom dad i just really want to do this and they were like are you sure you're four <laughs> so then yeah. What, yeah, once yeah, i yeah. was seven they were like seven is the age that people start music <laughs> they decided that that's when you know what you but want. then they yeah, let my brother real. play violin when he was like six and i was so mad as you should be i was like now mm. i'm behind mm. <laughs> um for me i started singing in the church choir and so that was kind of, i was like very loud, probably. No, I was, not probably. I was loud as a child, and I think my parents were like, oh. And my mom was always musical, so she put me in church choir. And then I started doing plays, and then that transitioned up into high school, doing plays and musical theater. And then I kind of got out of it, and I went to college being like, I'm going to be a social justice lawyer and change the world. And then I got to D.C., and I was like very disenchanted with, that and so I started doing theater more intensely and picked it up again and I mean I kind of just it rekindled everything I thought I wanted to do as a kid mm -hmm. and then it was also a collision of those two things so I started doing theater that was a lot about 
changing opinions and um, working with marginalized communities and stuff like that. And so I kind of accessed the change I wanted to make through theater during college. And then that transitioned me out into doing it now. Fantastic. Mm. Um, I, my first play was in kindergarten and that was the Nutcracker. And then throughout elementary school, I did shows. We were very lucky to have a program that did plays. And I knew from there that I wanted to perform. And then from like, then on to theater and choir, um, I went to a high school for performing arts and was very much looking at going to conservatory for college, but then ended up going to Berkeley. And there I was like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna explore my options liberal arts major, see what I want to do, um, wasn't sure I was going to be a writer or <laughs> do something that was maybe, that's not as stable maybe, but <laughs> like try to find something. Um, but theater still was my passion and while I was able to access the topics and change I wanted to enact was through theater and through performance. And then I, from California after I graduated, I moved straight to New York. Okay. So that was the next thing I'm wondering about is that the three of you come from like very different parts of the country mm, yeah. um, and grew up in like pretty different environments because of that. So how did you all end up here? Like, Dominique, you have a huge base in L.A. Why didn't you go back to L.A.? Particularly, you know, for acting is yeah. in a larger sense, less so for theater. But in a larger sense, acting in L.A. is so accessible. And that was your home base. So what made you come here? I think a huge decision was choosing theater over um, pursuing th television and movies. Mm -hmm. um, for me, theater was more diverse, and there, New York has so many different access points in theater where you don't necessarily have to have a lot of money to start creating art because there's so many people doing it. Mm. And I just knew I had to start with theater, and I am, and then from there see how else I wanted to branch out with acting. And then LA also felt. Like I went to high school so close to LA and I needed to go explore somewhere else mm -hmm. um, and start a new community for myself. Sure. Yeah, so once I graduated from Georgetown, I didn't, ha whereas most of my friends were like, I'm going to law school, or I'm going to med school, or I'm working for this consulting firm. I had no idea until maybe a month before graduation, I was cast in my first professional production of with a director that I love. Um, her name's Natsu Onoda Power. She devises a lot of work, and this was all about transgendered issues, and so it was about transgressing gender norms. And she asked me to be in it, and I was like, absolutely. So I stayed for the summer in D.C., and then I signed with an agency there in D.C., so I just continued to audition there in a smaller market. And I would come up to New York. So I would take, mm -hmm. like, the midnight mega bus oh, and arrive at New York at 5 a.m. <laughs> arrive at New York. I like that. <laughs> arrive at New York. That's how big it was for me. Yeah. Um, and I would arrive here, and I would, like, start standing in line at 5 a.m. for general, you know, equity principal auditions. And I was non-union at the time. Oh, so yeah. sometimes I, like, wouldn't even get seen. And so then once I did... One time I did that, and it was for Alabama Shakespeare Festival, and I didn't even get seen. I just left my headshot resume, and then they contacted my agency down in D.C. and was like, can we see her for this apprenticeship? So I came back up, auditioned, got the call back, had to scramble to find housing that night with a friend. Um, like, didn't even pack underwear. Like, I had to go buy, like, <laughs> underwear and, like, a toothbrush because I was just planning on, like, riding the bus back to D.C. that night. And... uh then booked that 10-month 
apprenticeship. So I was down in Montgomery for almost a year. And then that's how I got my equity card. And that's how my New York agent found me. And so I moved up here less than like around eight or nine months ago. Yeah. Save on bus fare. Yeah. <laughs> no more buses. Although I have had to go back down to D.C. for auditions now, which wow. is like hilarious. Come on! <laughs> they say like the line. second you move out of D.C., like it's hard to get cast in D.C. if you're a D.C. actor. And then as soon as you move to New York, it's like, hi, uh, uh, we'd love to see you for this role. <laughs> oh, fair. Cool. Um, okay, so my... I had kind of not, nothing about music brought me to New York. Um, Interesting. I so I went to Skidmore College, and I studied English and Italian. Um, and then I discovered uh, computer programming, so coding and uh, like web development in college. And so then I decided to do a coding school, and I basically just applied to like two, and I got into both. Um, and one was in Texas, and the other, San Antonio, Texas, or uh, right nearby here uh, on Wall Street in New York. Wow. So then I just decided, all right, I guess I guess that's what I'm going to do. Um, so I came here, and I was coding, and I'd kind of, like, lost music along the way in college. Like, I was really into like, critical theory and literature and stuff like that. So I spent so much time using my problem-solving abilities uh, to do that. And then I came here and I used so much t so much time um, and so many of my problem-solving abilities doing coding that I kind of, like, pushed music aside um, until after the class had ended and I was unemployed. <laughs> and then I had a lot more time. <laughs> so. But do you think there's anything about New York as a city that inspired you to go back to music or to like return to those roots? Oh, totally. Yeah, I think part of it was I was like, "What is this place? <laughs> I'm sad." Oh my god, I totally feel that. Now I'm going to make art. So that was probably part of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think the first, the first song that I wrote in. So I play um, piano and guitar, and I sing, uh, and I. I didn't really have like I like to play a real piano like I don't like to play keyboard so I just wasn't playing my keyboard and I was mm. only playing guitar and the first song I wrote was this song called Future um and it was pretty much just about like walking down the street and being like oh like this is a place where I am and I like it like I I feel like I finally fit in in a place um and so it was interesting like a lot of my music tends to be about like romance or something Oh, I got my heart broken. Like, here's a song, everyone. You care. Um, <laughs> but this one was like a love song to to New York. So, huh. yeah. And just going off the laugh we all collectively shared of like, well, I'm in New York and I'm sad. Um, <laughs> which is, it's the real uh, deal, folks. It's so real, which makes me wonder particularly when so many of you have, you know, as so many other people have taken on this rather daunting, in my opinion, task of like working a nine to five to support your like, you know, six to ten love, like, how do you compartmentalize that? How do you keep going through that? How does standing in line at 5 a.m. and not being seen not make you just go, well, not doing that again? You know, what is it that keeps you going? Good question. 
Hey, don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't want to th- delve too deep. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, why do I do this? <laughs> I think um, in order, whenever I'm in a different environment that's not theater making, um, and I'm like, oh, this is what like a majority of people do. Like, oh, I'm in an office. Like, this makes sense. But then there's, I see other people doing, getting paid to do the job that they were like they went to school for or they they are focused on that that's their future and I'm like this is not mine and Mm -hmm. it's because uh like to me I just come back to like I like I want to tell stories and Mm. I'm interested in like the best way I can like do identity politics is through theater Mm -hmm. and whenever I don't work on theater I then get depressed I feel like that's the a huge thing like the absence of when you're not work it's especially hard for an actor if they're not working because uh, if you are not it's hard to act by yourself like part of the reason that it (laughs) that I love acting that I'm drawn to it so much is that I am like all about community and like I love people like Mm -hmm. I love being present with them and I mean that's one of the main reasons that I'm continue to do this but it's really hard when you haven't been working for a while to um continue to like tell yourself like oh i'm an actor i'm an actor and it's like well what (laughs) makes you an actor you're acting um and so i think you just have to continue to at least for me i have to find some sort of outlet even in those times when I'm not working. Like, mm-hmm. for me, taking classes or, like, getting involved at Upright Citizens Brigade and doing improv, like, that's a way for me to be around people who are creative and who a lot of them are pursuing similar um, goals and to remind myself that um, I still have the opportunity to perform. And also, a lot of times I treat each audition as an opportunity uh, to perform. Like, I don't... Auditioning is a separate skill, I agree, but I think there is something to treating each audition as if it's your own opportunity to, like, express yourself and perform mm-hmm. for those two people in the room. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and that's why... Especially if I'm, like, really excited about the material. A lot of times I love auditioning. And, like, the times when it ends up going the best is when I'm treating it as if, like, well, I'm just going to do really good work on this. And you know what? This is my one opportunity, and I'm going to take it for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. Has that been similar for your experience, Dom, in terms of, like, auditioning or finding material you find engaging and feeling like just getting to work on it is like almost sustenance enough until the next big project comes along. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Like getting to meet new people. Again, it's like going back to like getting to build your network and auditions. um, And it's active. It's it's Mm -hmm. you are literally doing something that should will give you insight for the future or you maybe will get a job out of it. And like and I do workshops for like play development. Like that's my big thing that Mm -hmm. I love is like someone's like, hey, can you help me for a couple of weeks, like, develop a play? It's like I'm not putting on a full production, and I may not be getting paid a lot, but I'm creating still and Mm -hmm. collaborating. And just wondering, since, you know, we all are transplants to this city in some form or another, have you found the community welcoming 
because so much of theater and music is like highly collaborative and highly community based and it is about those mm -hmm. connections and if you don't walk in having them that could be a really difficult thing to find mm -hmm. um. <laughs> anybody I mean, I, I have like a, I have a very different experience like with music than I think with mm -hmm. theater. Like I think, yes, I've found a musical community, um, mainly through open mics, mm -hmm. but, but like I don't play music because I want to do it with other people necessarily. Um, sure. But that's me. Like I mm -hmm. have played in a lot of bands. I play jazz piano so I've played in a lot of like trios and big bands and stuff like that cool and now I'm like oh no I can't <laughs> do it like I I am happy to play other people's music in a band um but like with my own music a lot of people will be like oh can I play with you or sing with you or whatever and I'm like no <laughs> like no not on this because to me the stuff I've been writing lately is so personal Mm -hmm. that it's almost like a little bruise like if someone else touches it it, it like hurts uh, mm, sure um and i think probably like as i get farther away from the music that i've written i won't feel that way as much um but so for me like the community aspect is maybe like i like to go out and hear other people play their stuff alone you know <laughs> mm -hmm. and do you feel a sense of solidarity with those people yeah i'm like oh i get i get you and i like everyone's music i mean people are really good like i played open mics in Boston and it was like uh, things it was a little rough <laughs> but here it's like everyone is like so on top of it everyone has like two albums already when I first got here I was like how do you get shows they're like do you have a SoundCloud I was like no they're like do you have any recordings I was like no <laughs> so I, I had to like catch, catch up, up a little bit and still working on working on my first album now so Fantastic. yeah and what about you guys have you found a community here or even like people to find you know like solidarity with in the line at 5 a.m. or you know workshopping on plays where like oh yeah we all are still like doing the struggle together yeah I think what's been amazing now after being here for almost three years I keep running to so many of the same people and the same projects and I've been lucky enough that people I met my first year here we continue to work together mm. directors and writers <laughs> um, and I first did this like long like five-hour play and that there were like 50 of us in the show. It was huge. And from there, we were just, it was kind of this phenomena that we were all really thirsty and hungry for theater. <laughs> that was, young kids were like, I'll do this play. And then from there, we went through so much together that I feel like that community has stuck with me. Um, and what's been beautiful about growing in the city is I, I know friends from like outside of the state who are like, wow, New York seems so like impenetrable. Like you can't yeah. have, you don't have access to it. And that I understand that because I know friends who've it's it's taken everyone has like a different duration of like when do they finally find their stride, um, but I think it's always it is possible to find it and and just find the people you like. But it can take a while. And what's beautiful about New York is it's a like a big small community. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like yeah, that's a great way of putting it. It's so big, but then you will run into the same people. And then as you get older, like I see people that are like, much older than me. You know, and I've I've worked with in theater, but I'm like, oh, so and so is like on TV consistently, and like knowing it's a career, like, mm -hmm. at, you know, there are these in in performance, there are these success stories that happen with like you know months, and as in any profession, it's like, I think it's another thing that keeps me going, 
is knowing like, oh yeah, like a lot of careers are 10 years, like take 10 years, like find something that you're solid at and you can do professionally. And theater feels like a, like a freaking lottery once in a while, but putting in time, you find what you want to do, the people you want to work with, and you learn how to make money yeah. <laughs> while you do that. And it, you've, I'm still figuring all that out, but you kind of, the exercise becomes more familiar. And does the exercise become more creative? I think once you feel like, oh, yes, I feel like once you become more stable, then you find more freedom to be creative. Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. yeah. And as you all are finding your stride and sensing that fluctuation, have you had some clutch key catastrophe uh, <laughs> auditions, oh open mics, um, weird comments you've been given from the lovely, you know, stagehands <laughs> um, that, oh you know, God. you'd care to share? <laughs> I have some pretty good ones if no one's jumping at this. You go for it. Yeah, start us off, Betsy. <laughs> uh, so... I'm just going to get real for a second here right. and say right when I moved to New York was very stressful. Um, I didn't have a job secured. I didn't have permanent housing secured. I, Me and my boyfriend had just broken up after five years, the week Ugh. that I moved here. And um, I was also having some mather, mather? major there we go. <laughs> uh, health issues. You hit all of them. <laughs> specifically... Uh, with uh, not being able to like control my bladder. Oh, that is rough in New York. <laughs> it is yeah. rough in New York when you are trying to find a public restroom. Oh my god! And Starbucks. later on, I mean, uh, <laughs> later on we find yeah. out it's due to other complications due to something I'm in treatment for now, and it's all getting better, you guys. It gets better, um, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I'm on my way. So it was like a big audition day. I wake up at like. 3.30, which was insane, to go work out at the gym, go to my coffee shop job, and then I have an audition for a commercial for Amazon, like, 30 minutes after my shift ends, and so I need to get off, like, maybe 15 minutes early, so I asked my manager, and then after that commercial audition, I had this, I had been taking a class with this um, casting director, and we had like our showcase at the end where we were gonna get final feedback and stuff like that. And so it was it was like a very packed day. And I'm going to Williamsburg for the first time because I'm fairly new to New York. And I get there and like, it's all like warehouses and, <laughs> or what look like warehouses. Maybe sure. they're like coffee shops. But Were you actually in Williamsburg? I was in Williamsburg. Do you still live in Manhattan? <laughs> I live in Washington Heights right yeah, now. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> cool. And um, so I get there, and I'm like, ooh, I'm chugging along, and it's pouring down rain. No. And I have to go pee. No. And I'm thinking, like, I have to go pee. Like, no. this isn't good, this isn't good, this isn't good. I um, pee all over myself. <gasps> no. Into my clogs, yep, in the middle of the street. Into your in clogs? clogs? I was wearing clogs. <laughs> I'm a clog wearer. That's also something you all should know. <laughs> I pee all over myself, and yeah, um, obviously, <laughs> I hope this goes in. Like this is great, oh, I'm not and um, this out. <laughs> so I pee all over my clogs, and I just start booking it to the audition. I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you could go home now. You don't have an extra pair of pants. Like, how are you gonna make this work? So I change back into That's my. That's when people just 
stop. Yep. Well, <laughs> this is me. And I think it's raining. To ride my head through a wall <laughs> if it means I can get there. So I change into like I go into the bathroom, dump my like urine filled clogs <gasps> out, clean myself up. <laughs> Killing change it. into my pants that I just worn that are coffee stained <laughs> and go into the audition and come to find out they're just taking photos of you. So it's like, <laughs> really? not how you what? look. <laughs> so I go in and I actually <laughs> got a call back. Got a call back yes. for the Amazon yes. Didn't get cast, but got Never the call back. Yes. And uh, I then am like, well, I can't wear these coffee-stained <laughs> pants to this uh, showcase. So I have like 30 minutes. So I end up like running into a thrift store, finding the first pair of pants that I can find, buying them, like Did changing on? on the train, people. <laughs> 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 Get there on time and do the showcase. <laughs> and I, you know, I got it all. I got it all done. Oh, no. I got it all Changing done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm so sorry, but the fact that the girl who. Soaked through her clogs with her own urine, walks out the total victor of this situation. I mean, the showcase went fine. Um, I did get a call back. And, um, oh, no. But yeah, you that was like, every day. I was like, you know what? There are a multitude of stories like this that have happened to me. And whenever I tell my parents, they're just like, you are so persistent. Like, at some point, it's going to happen just because, like, you're there in the room. Like, someone's going to be like... Yeah. Um, it's amazing. But, like, yeah, how has this experience for all of you been so different than you anticipated be? Or has it been exactly as you expected? I know, May, you didn't come here thinking you were going to be pursuing music, and now you're writing your first album. So, like, that's a pretty, you know, a 180, if you will. Yeah. Congrats. Oh, Wait till it's out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very different to, like, write an album. I've... Okay, this is what I'm learning about music. Like, I hear things and, and I think, okay, writing an album, wow. If you have an album, you must be a real musician. You must be really good. And I hear things like, oh, I went on tour. I'm like, you must be so good. And then I hear, actually, I maybe I'll hear the album. Or I'll hear, it's like an album that someone recorded in voice memos on their iPhone. You know, uh -huh, or it's yeah. a tour that was DIY, where someone just lived in the back of their car. And then play at a coffee shop every once in a while so to me when I hear stories like that I'm like that's awesome because then I can it makes it, it makes it feel mm -hmm. more attainable mm -hmm, um totally. so because I I'm always just you know a perfectionist to the utmost where I think if it's not the best thing that's ever happened it's not worth it like that's always my, my pain. yeah right yeah. and um I think that's why I never recorded an album um I've written them uh, I wrote one in 2013 and then got here and it was January and I was bumming and um, super disappointed and everything and I was like well I gotta give my life some meeting so I'll I'll record that album and I talked to my friend who is a producer and he was like yeah we, I know you have enough music for an album but I want you to write 15 more songs He's like, go, do it. And I was like, I, I can't write 50 more songs. I Like, I, that's too much. I can't. So I did. And um, some of them were horrible. Some of them were good. 
and he I came back and he's like write more and I was like what <laughs> and I wrote more I did um and so this album is has none of those old songs on it and everything huh. is from pretty much a year ago um wow this month so uh it's really cool but we'll wait till I record it first <laughs> before we give me any props and have you guys found it to be more attainable than you thought or has your takeaway from your experience thus far been different? I think yes and no. Um, I think first getting here, a lot of stuff happened, but there's a lot of momentum. And then about, I realized I was in a different structure of life, you know, postgraduate. Like mm -hmm. you, you're creating your own schedule. And um, for me, what was shocking, I think, was like, oh yeah, there's more, things are taking more time than I thought they would. And that was stressful. And it's still even, like, every once in a while, there'll be, like, a month where I'm not working on something. And I'm like, oh, this is taking too long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not doing what I'm meant to do here. Um, but I think that's the time it's been taking. And then also just trying to change my perception of what is success, I think. Um, and I also want to just comment on, like, both of what May and Betsy said of just, like, being in the room and creating a bunch because, like, a bunch of people are doing it who aren't, I mean, maybe they're great, <laughs> but like people are creating so much material and it's like, there are times when you get caught and like, this isn't perfect. This isn't me. This isn't a great representation of what I'm doing. And it's a reminder of like, no, you just have to keep creating because someone out there might want you to be in the room again or might want to collaborate with you or want to hear your music. And it's like a testament of just like keep creating. Yeah, well, there's also like such an overabundance of content just in like, general. Yeah. And so like oh, all internet. day, we spend the whole day consuming content and it's not necessarily good content. Like our baseline level of like this, I'll spend a lot of my time doing this is like your newsfeed on Facebook. Uh -huh. So to, to both like as an artist to penetrate into that type of a consciousness is really hard. Like, really first of all, hard. there's so much. Second of all, we're in New York, so there's a ton anyways. It's yeah. oversaturated. Third of all, people just assume it's going to be bad, pretty much. Like, no one is like, oh, I'm going to give time to this that might be bad. Like, I'm too busy scrolling. That kind of thing. So it's really frustrating sometimes. But at the same time, it's like, look at all these other people who are producing content. Why shouldn't I also do that then? Like, I think me there's... not doing it's not going to make a difference. There seems to be a weird double standard that I feel like we all feel as like discerning like young adults where we see the oversaturation. Mm -hmm. We feel this bombardment of content that's kind of like, well, if they can do it, why can't I? Mm -hmm. But like there there's this kind of angst about that. But then mm -hmm. there's also the fact that that is the open door. And that in so many ways, mm -hmm. the points of entry have widened, which yeah. gives us the opportunity to create and be in the room. Mm -hmm. But then we're also judgmental of how many rooms there are. Yeah. And yeah. I am still trying to figure out how I feel about that. Uh -huh. And I don't know if you also have perspective feelings on it. I've become so much more anxious as a person because of really? it. And like my interactions with social media have really decreased, which I think is a huge thing for artists about like, do you, how much do you put out there again? And yeah. how much do you conserve of yourself? And I think that's also another, to go back to like, how has my perception of what I'm doing changed? Yeah. I think, yeah, having so many entry points has been like, oh, you could do anything. And now I'm just gonna think about everything I can do. And then I'm not doing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think there are two really important things that I've just learned over the course of the past like two or three months is 
especially when you're starting, it's important. It's always important to do work that you love. Like if you're really exciting about excited about something, do it. Because that will take you very far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I think it's also even more important sometimes when you're just starting up to go where you're loved. I was reading this interview the other day and this playwright of um, Eclipsed on Broadway, she was saying, "Oh yeah, go where you're loved. <laughs> and yeah. I, it hit me and I was like, yes, yes. And it may not have been what your idea of what you thought you were going to do or what you wanted to do was initially, but then at least you're being fed creatively mm-hmm. and you're being surrounded by people who support you because yeah. it's really easy to find places where you go in and they say, thank you so much for your time. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, or worse. Yeah. Or yeah. worse. <laughs> or, and you don't feel that connection or that support. And it's, imp- it really is impossible. I think to do good work in a, in in an environment like that. Yeah, I agree. Because it's impossible. It's it's so much easier to take risks and um be brave mm-hmm. when you're in a, like a judgment-free zone. Mm-hmm. I had this notion of what I thought this experience mm-hmm. was going to be like and it's been shattered. And so I think it's just really important to with the highs and lows go with the ebb and flow of things and to go where you're loved. Yep. Yeah. Okay. For time, not because I want to stop this conversation, because I think this is a conversation that I could have for many moons. <laughs> um, a fortnight. And yeah, and we'll be having for yeah. so many moons to come. <laughs> Dear God. Um, but I just want to say, like, first of all, thank you so much, everyone, for being here. And before we officially wrap up, I'm going to ask you some quick rapid fire questions that I ask everybody. Okay. And so we're all going to go around. <laughs> it's like and so doing this with a bunch of people, we're just going to keep it snappy. Okay. 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 Number one. If you could live anywhere for a year, where would it be? Paris. L.A. California. <laughs> More specific. Ah, oh, snappy. The Bay Area. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a book you'd recommend to a friend? Oh, my God. There are too many. I know. Okay. Uh, the Argonauts by Maggie Nelson. <laughs> Everyone's so upset. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a lot of flurious blinking. Bessie's grasping for the wall. I mean, oh my gosh. Distraught faces. The dictionary. This would be, um, I'm just going to say one of my favorite plays. Perfect. The Importance of Being Earnest, Oscar Wilde. Fantastic. Nice. Uh, Something like uh, East of Eden. (laughs) Beautiful. Mm. Uh, A movie you would not recommend to a friend. Pitch Perfect 2. (laughs) (laughs) I really didn't like Django Unchained. Oh, I'm, I that's a that. big that's <laughs> wow. a big call, but I think they're better Tarantino <laughs> bold. movies. Bold, Very yeah, bold. it's a bold, bold statement. Bold statement. Mm, I would have to say, um, oh man, that like Zac Efron grandpa movie. Oh, I was thinking oh, that in my head grandpa. when I said Pitch Perfect. I didn't well, even see it. Done. No, neither did I. <laughs> All right, another profession you'd like to try that's not the one you have. So, no theater, no music. 
No coding. It's good. I was like, no editing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing you've done or are but doing. <laughs> totally something else you'd Can love to do. Can it be performative? Sure. Mm. You could be a musician, Betsy. <laughs> if that was the thing. I could. <laughs> I've got two. Oh, please tell. Okay. Archaeologist or like a story producer at StoryCorps? Ooh, that's a good one. Nice. <laughs> I would love to research... Um, material for podcasts like Radio Lab and mm-hmm. I would also I I have I have yet I'm really scared to do this but I would love to do stand up at some point. Fantastic. Mm. Come to open mic. Um a professor. Lovely. In what field? Literature. Okay. Someone living or dead you'd like to have for dinner. Eleanor Roosevelt. Wow, we're we're just we're yeah. You guys are the actors <laughs> and the yeah. improvisers. Yeah, we're yeah. giving scripts. Yeah, <laughs> or a suggestion. <laughs> no, <laughs> audience suggestion. <laughs> audience suggestion. Who do you want to have dinner with, living or dead? Oh man, um, I feel like that would be uh, that. W- oh, I'm getting close to the mic. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> Some deep thinkers in this room. Not me, apparently. <laughs> I'm going to say Gandhi. Beautiful. Oh, um, I would want to say everyone in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Just a big old feast. <laughs> I would invite everyone to my dinner. Okay. <laughs> Moving <All right>. on. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> no, that was great. Uh, okay, and these last two questions go together. What's a moment when you felt lost? Yesterday. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Uh, When we lived with the hoarder lady. Fair. Man, I used to live with a hoarder. Yeah, it was a lot. Getting sick in the city and knowing that my family's not nearby. Um, I would say these past two or three months have been a time of transformation. So before that, the past two months have been insane. So yeah, right now, currently kind of uh, dealing with it. So before, maybe like recently, Hmm. very lost. And what's a time you felt on track? Strangely enough right now, because I'm (laughs) dealing with being uh, I'm dealing with what I have been going through. And so now that I'm actually addressing it, yeah. I feel like, all right, I'm doing something about it now. Um, and I'm getting back on track. Beautiful. I think when I got a job as a as a software developer. Yeah. <laughs> I was in a workshop last weekend on uh, climate refugees, creating a piece. Mm. And we were doing an exercise where we literally... I was acting with my back, <laughs> and I was like, "This is so creative." And it was, and it was like so silly, but it was like in my body. <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, like this little silly thing I'm doing right now is like, this is the thing. This is the thing." Yeah, cool. That's fantastic. Okay, well, that's everything. Thank you guys so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh Thanks, Grace. Thank you. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. And let's all keep going to where we're loved. Yeah. 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 All right, Justin, that's a wrap.
Bonchka <laughs> Neat. Neat. That dinner question's gonna haunt me. I'm <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <two> three. <laughs> like, this is what hearing feels like.